0: Hi and welcome to the Machine Ethics Podcast. This week we're talking to Sam Hill, designer and co-director at PAN Studio. We're talking to him about machine suffering, what is AI, cultural artefacts, smart machines with dumb jobs, games and simulation, AI news this week, and creating a computer narrative immersive theatre production. Thank you for everyone who's contributed on Patreon. You can find the Machine Ethics Podcast at machine-ethics.net and thanks for listening. Hi, Sam. Um, Thanks for joining me on the podcast. If you could just quickly introduce yourself and why you're interested in artificial intelligence.
1: Hello, my name is Sam Hill. I'm one of the co-founders of Pan Studio, and we're a interaction design studio. We do a lot of experiential design, uh, and a lot of our work takes place in the game design space or installation design space we do a lot of stuff in the public realm. And a lot of that focuses around AI in a sense. We, uh, we, ha- we create creatures quite a lot. We, we, we make narratives that have interactive things in them that often need to be represented in some way by an AI. And often that AI is very rudimentary and stupid but it hints at something that's much smarter a lot of it's a kind of future forecasting in a way so we do we try and do a lot of trickery in order to communicate that we've got something smarter than it is but in a thematic sense we're very interested in the future potential of ai
0: so you, i mean i i think um, we met recently at the um, the Robots Day in uh, Bristol, uh, the Bristol watershed, and you had your happily um, kind of experience almost where you're carrying this robot around and you have this kind of real uh, emotional attachment to this kind of apparatus almost with a, f- a funny face on it. And it, it kind of struck me that um, happily and some of the other stuff you are doing is kind of to do with almost... Um, kind of social intervention and emotional reactions so they might not be the highest technical things but you can quite quickly imagine how you would kind of um do similar things with things which are more technically sophisticated in the future or you know those things will have the same issues about emotion and and integrating within our social structures and all that sort of and and play and um uh, navigating that sort of remit.
1: Yeah, uh, Happily especially is an example of a uh, a system that was designed to uh, look at the the potential future of robotics and, and AI and the one element of it was exploring the potential abuse of that power, I suppose, uh, to make something that was smarter than it needed to be and Uh, that had an emotional intelligence that wasn't necessary and that in in that sense created a a kind of agony or um, suffering in the machine that were you know wasn't uh, a consideration for the designers or the the creators of the machine but that existed nonetheless Mm. Uh, and that seemed like a an interesting idea. It was one of many ideas that we played with on that project. And in many ways, we probably tried to stick too many ideas into there and too much future speculation in narrative, because that set alongside quite a few other ideas about um, data security and uh, invasion of privacy. But it was something that kind of has, has had a stickiness to it, and it's resonated and feels relevant to a kind of a group of other projects that we've also worked on in this space about intelligent machines, but also emotional machines and the way that they've been created and the way that they get used and their their role in servitude as well.
0: Mm. I mean, there's uh, I mean uh, there's a lot going on in or has been going on in science fiction, but um, more recently we have things like um, the remake or the continuation of. Uh, Westworld, I think it's called, mm. um, and things like this, which are they're kind of looking at the emotional side of uh, artificial intelligence and how um, emotions play a part in something that we might create in the future. Um, so, there's, so kind of, it's almost really resonant at the moment. That sort of thinking, and because we have all these machines, but they don't necessarily have any distinct emotions. Um, so we're kind of projecting ourselves into the future a little bit. I would have thought with that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. It's it's something that obviously you know you got the classic films like Blade Runner and and even the original Westworld was was made in '73, I think. Uh, so the, the you know the themes of of robotic servitude and and ethics from the perspective of you know the treatment of the machine rather than the creating a machine that treats humans in a certain way i guess that's been around as long as as the term or the concept of robot itself um because of of course you know like Mm. robot means slave and and um it's quite it's already a loaded term Mm. but yeah there does seem to be a resurgence or a heightened interest right now in um that side of Robot ethics. I don't know what term you use to distinguish um, the treatment of machines versus the creation of machines that treat humans in a certain way. But it seems, it seems very interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a funny um, term, which is computer ethics. So when, right, yeah. when we first got uh, computers in the workplace and things like that, people literally didn't know how to use them. So they had to uh, be taught um, about how one should treat the computer. And, and that was, that's computer ethics. And machine ethics is kind of more like the the other side of the coin, and how the the algorithms and stuff can almost mistreat us in a way. If you, mm. And you can extend that out to kind of whatever you like, really, like um, the stock market, you know, backfiring because of these algorithms or automated cars crashing into each other. So there's that kind of like um, different side of it, I guess. I and I really enjoy that kind of picture of someone mistreating. Uh, a computer just like mm. computer ethics um but it's things like you know turning it off at the wrong time and things like that yeah. <laughs> which is uh you know quite amusing when we first got com- um computers didn't really know how to use them um so i always always ask people when they think about artificial intelligence ai what do you mean what do you what are you thinking of when you are talking about artificial intelligence
1: Oh god. Have got a definition? So, I suppose I mean I like I, very heavily influenced by um sci fi, so I have a very sci fi view of what artificial intelligence is, I think. So it it's probably is the the kind of the the Cylons of Balstar Galactica or the ex machina type type creature that is as you know to all intents and purposes indistinguishable to a, a human and and is and is sentient and is um, has a, a brain that functions in the same way but is is you know made from uh, copper and ceramic and mm. and you know rather than um, brain brain material gray matter um, synapses so i th- I think from a from like a philosophical point of view, that's kind of my definition. I suppose there are gray areas in between. Certainly there is the kind of, you know, there's maybe there's a more working definition of AI. And um, yeah, I generally think of it as a gray space, but certainly kind of when, you know, um, pondering about it in, in a kind of. Open-ended way, it's it's really interesting to think about it from the perspective of being a, a human-esque or human-like thing. I think that's I think that's the most the most fun interpretation.
0: Mm. Yeah, so kind of a um, it's almost a Frankenstein's monster type scenario where we've embodied ourselves into this other thing which isn't us, but is kind mm. of shaped like us, and mm. yeah, it can be good and bad. I guess in most of those instances, bad, obviously, but. Um, I think there are some depictions of goods <laughs> in there somewhere. I think um, a lot of the Asimov stuff isn't necessarily bad, just kind of slightly gone wrong. Um, yeah. There's Isaac Asimov stories. Um, Ex Machina, if people haven't seen it, it's a film, it's very good, but that has a, um, a a female robot being mistreated and she's almost indistinguishable. And there's a lot about the, the cheering test and things like that in that film, which was... Uh, last year, the year before, um, which uh, last year I think 2015, yeah, yeah. which was uh, which was really good. I enjoyed that, to be honest. Um, but I mean, it didn't cover. It's one of those things where they don't talk a lot about the mechanics of things like that. Um, mm. But uh, I think her. Did you ever watch her?
1: Yeah, her was fantastic. I did her, enjoy
0: her. Her was good. I think um, I imagine an AI more like her, to be honest, which is just mm. kind of more of a disembodied. Um artificial intelligence more kind of like in keeping with this notion of the cloud, I guess, yeah uh, so that's kind of where I think our t- current trajectory is on this kind of cloud computing sort of thing,
1: yeah, I think that I think that's fascinating and that's that seems to be that's something that we've been thinking about a lot is the this future vision of robots, you know it's very the kind of the jetsons view or the I say Star Wars, obviously we all know that Star Wars occurs in the past, but, you know, this vision of these disembodied robots kind of rolling around the place, like bouncing into each other and and with their own personalities and doing their own thing, seems very counter now to what we're seeing is the evolving state of, of AI and robotics, which is this giant, singular, disembodied intelligence, uh, or, cl- you know, uh, mm. collection of logic systems, which then, you know, the, the, the internet of things and it, and it outputs in different ways, but in a way it's more like it's a centralized connected thing that only shows itself, um, in, in these individual forms when it chooses to, or like in the, in the way that the product designers have chosen to. So, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I see to see that that difference emerging between, between the, the future predictions and, and the reality or what seems now to be more likely the reality the shifting future.
0: Yeah. I mean, is there, is there um, some work that you're looking at at the moment, which has, you know, is is dealing with this projection of robots and AI and the kind of future technology as well as the happily project, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think there are, there are several things that we've looked into, which have this kind of theme about it. One of the earliest things we did was back with hide and seek years ago, where um, we had a, uh, a secret room in uh, La Guita Lurique in Paris and that was the the overarching project idea concept which came from Hide and Seek was a, a sentient building or a building you know a building that had somehow come to life in, mm. implicitly through technology and it was curious about the people that were in there and the particular part of the project that we worked on was the building's brain so it was this room of um, lights and sound and uh, mechanical, physical bits, but all disembodied and weird, like some kind of Cronenberg alien or something from Akira. And people would enter this room and, and manipulate the robot and manipulate its emotions and put it in a different state. Um, and that was that was very interesting. And then the the building or the the Intelligence's emotional state would be broadcast throughout the building, and that would change the the way the rooms looked and stuff. it was It was a really fun and interesting project to work on, and I think it must in some way have re- informed what we did with Hello Lamp Post a few years later, where we uh, brought street objects, street furniture to life and gave them voices and personalities. Yeah. And again, in a very in a very simple way, they were just basically uh, they are there's a couple of versions be live at the moment. Um, They the they are very simple systems, but they uh, they hint at a future with where almost to an extent that seems unnecessary. We've an AI or intelligence has been placed into all of these different street objects. It kind of reminds me of the. Uh, intelligent toaster from there's an episode of Red Dwarf mm. where a, um, a sentient toaster is nagging everyone for toast and there's a kind of a Douglas Adams idea of these overly smart machines with with dumb jobs and so maybe that's something that Hello Lampost also hints at it's um, mm. like why does it need to be this smart but but there it is and and uh, you can converse with it and, and learn about it Mm. And, and I think happily is the is the most recent project along this strand. Um, so happily it was designed to be a project where a fictional organisation had created a robot that was able to read, scan emotions from the people nearby, and then not just. Um, broadcast them or protect them, but, but actually experience them in real time. And it was supposed to be a, a kind of a social diagnostic device, you know, something that would reveal the state of the area. Like what, what is the emotional state of this particular place? Yeah. But what it ends up being is this, um, terrified, uh, machine on the brink of losing control because it is constantly, um, and with like compulsively, exhibiting you know thousands of emotions every second and it's and it's tearing it apart and we there just seemed to be something um, perverse and very compelling and scary about creating something that was smart enough to have emotions but being subjected to them and and not being able to control them and it's it's not like an an easy analogy but someone who has an autistic family member compared it to a kind of hyper State of autism where there is there is stuff happening to it, but it um, the machine But it's not able to reconcile them or control or, or make sense of it. And it is it that that seemed interesting as a uh, Line of inquiry is to think about you know, is it um, What happens when you have the power to create something like that and and you don't respect that power and you create something That is that is suffering and tortured as a consequence mm
0: yeah I mean I think um, I think these kind of cultural activities are almost poised in the right place to interrogate those sorts of questions, and I think that's really interesting what you're saying about um, kind of embodying these emotions because you you've done it in a quite a um, straightforward kind of kind of game like way, but mm. you could imagine for sure just that happening to something we create um and 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 that actually being you know something actually witnessing emotions and being overloaded by it so it's almost before we get there you know what are we going to do about it how are we going to integrate these these interesting questions um that arise from these things you know do we need a lamppost that talks to us you know do we you know um how are we going to feel about these things when they do exist um do we need to make them at all? Like uh, there's loads of these kind of questions. So mm. yeah, I think I think um, you know film and theater and um and art and um, games and all these sorts of things uh, can really have a place to uh, and their voice in this conversation for sure.
1: yeah, i think I think gaming especially is a really interesting example because yeah. a huge part of gaming is about simulation, and you know it's it must be the. The, one of the biggest applications of AI altogether is is creating these these bots and creatures that uh, the user interacts with oft, often in a very violent way. Mm. And it, it kind of reminds me of these that story that was hovering around a couple of years ago about someone left a Quake 3 arena server running. I'm,
0: I'm glad it wasn't just me who read that. That's a good, <laughs> good one, yeah.
1: Which uh, is interesting. Um, someone left a a quake three server running with bots playing against each other allegedly and uh found it again several years later enter the game and the the robots had stopped killing each other and they just they just stopped in in their tracks and when they when the player entered the room the the bots watched it watched him and followed him around but didn't shoot him until out of curiosity, he shot one of them, and then the robots all killed him instantly, and the game crashed. And like, I don't know how valid or true the story is, but it seems like a good, interesting parable about these, I don't know, something about robotic hedonism, or you know, you have, you have these machines that have found a kind of tranquility, and um, uh, and then it's and then it's been interrupted and. Mm um but just the fact that they were created to to kill each other you know and of course these are these are dumb things and the whole program was so small that there's no way obviously there's no way that there was any real intelligence gleamed from them but
0: yeah i think i think they they, they'd reached a stalemate didn't they In a yeah so they were kind of like stood still because that was the only way they weren't going to die (laughs) Mm. basically because they didn't want to die but they did want to shoot people (laughs) and they couldn't really reconcile that fact so they're just like not doing anything i I heard a similar thing about um civilization 4 maybe something like that um so civilization is a a world building uh, simulation um Mm. and someone played that for a long time and it came it turned into this dark kind of uh 1984 scenario where oh god uh,
1: yeah i remember this yeah
0: yeah when everyone all these um, continents, so all these different players were evenly matched, and it was just kind of like a stalemate of nuclear war to mm. to and fro for you know hundreds of years, uh, basically. And this well, this one human player versus you know maybe a, a few computer players, and they were very evenly matched, um, and it just descended. And there was quite a lot of um, fan fiction based on it, actually, as well. Yeah, which I enjoyed um, from the I think a Reddit feed. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Coley that um, because of most of the stuff they are essentially simulations. Um, I mean, they the are the computer programs that we're creating, um, so they do lend themselves to being used in games and things which are kind of not really games or like almost games um, mm, as yeah. well. Which is, you know, interesting, and and things like obviously AlphaGo and and chess and and, and beating human players at, at their own games essentially, as well. Did you see? I mean, have you got anything else on on the game side of things? I guess.
1: Yeah, there was there was a there was a good Guardian article um, yesterday or the day before I think came out about about AI in gaming, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. But it reminded me of I think they talked briefly about GTA. Which is interesting because in GTA obviously once a, uh, a a character in the game disappears off the off the you know travels farther enough away from the player it disappears and ceases to exist yeah um, I there was a wonderful game that I played years ago called hard War and it was it was set in a crater but it was very similar to GTA otherwise and every every bot every entity in the game had a job and um, there was a whole like like self sufficient ecosystem taking place where they were traveling around. They were like, you know, bots that were um, miners and bots that were uh, traders and bots that were pirates. And they were doing they they had an autonomy and they were going about their life. And you got dropped into this world and you could when you when you shot a trader and stole all of their stuff, it felt a lot more real somehow. It was a, there was a, there was more guilt in there than just running over. You know, a handful of uh, randomly created people in in GTA, uh, and I thought that was that seemed very fascinating to me. But it, it does strike me that the the main demand to have you know more realistic, better AI does seem to be in gaming, and um, I think that's I think that's very interesting. The uh, that uh, play and entertainment recreation seem to be such you know big potential areas for ai development mm.
0: yeah i mean <clears throat> and they've already uh, they've kind of always been in games essentially mm. um simplistically and and then more progressively and there's the game of life which is not really a game as well <laughs> there <laughs> um, is there's the game of life which is a automation um of this kind of organic thing which you know looks like something organic but based on very simple rules so um doesn't necessarily have to be complicated to to be sophisticated i guess as well some of the simulations Mm. did you hear about the the automated cars being trialed in milton keynes this week
1: no, I didn't hear about this.
0: Um, so the government had put some money um, into research in automated cars um, with several organisations. I can't remember their the names offhand. Um, we had Nick on here on the first episode we did, um, and he was participating in some of these trials. And um, it's finally... Uh, made some kind of headlines I guess they were doing some tests in Milton Keynes this week so it was Nick Reed from TLR Um, but there was I think there was um, some universities involved and obviously Milton Keynes and other places and yeah it was it was kind of very um, very calm (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of like look we've made something and it's fine sort of thing um they were moving slowly through the city and everything seemed to work fine i do not think they actually none of the videos i saw actually on open roads i don't think right necessarily and uh i mean there's just continuously stuff on automated cars in the media but um i think um that together with the uk starting to have a kind of a stance on this in the law and stuff as well Hmm. it's kind of interesting that um and also there was an item in Wired this week talking to Obama about how he feels about um kind of a, artificial intelligence and technology, um, which is quite good. You should check out wired dot com. President Obama on how we all embrace self driving cars. And he has- So he was
1: pro he was pro Driverless cars.
0: Yeah, he was into it. Yeah, for sure. Um I think there's a longer piece and there's uh, like a short video about it, but um, I haven't read the longer piece yet. But I think he is um, aware of the pitfalls of it, but uh, I think he's generally positive about the whole situation. And I think most of the people we've had on this podcast have been genuinely positive. So do you want to be negative just to... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, no, no, No? I don't. I don't want to be be the sore thumb. No. Um, I don't know. What can I say that's negative about them?
0: Um, Um, You hate the idea you wish that they burn in hell or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think they're good. Um, I'm not sure about if they'll um, reduce traffic. That seems to be a contentious point, whether or not there'll be less cars on the road when there are... These cars exist, and who who is the owner of these cars as well? What you know? What yeah? Who who owns the technology? Who who is mm. who owns the power behind this this new transport system? But I think yeah. Other than some some soft cynicism, I'm quite quite interested. I can't actually drive, to be honest. I haven't. Oh so. well. I don't have a driver's license. I've been.
0: You're fine then. You get taxied yeah. around already. So life
1: yeah. in life in London means I. Uh, I just haven't haven't bothered to learn much to the shame of my grandparents. But yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Let's get let's get um I'll have a driverless car, definitely.
0: Yeah. Bills. yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get on that then straight away. Is there um is there more stuff that you would like to do in your in your work with Pan or outside of um the CDO to do with um i mean maybe trialing artificial intelligence or uh, working more projects like the hide and seek projects um kind of interrogating in, integra- interrogating artificial intelligence or kind of letting people experience it almost
1: yeah right? definitely i th- one particular area that's been of interest to us for a while and we've we've tried some um a little bit of r&d in this area and Uh, explored in a couple of ways Um, is in robot generated narrative or machine machine generated narrative, but with, with physical elements to it. So I'm very interested in the ways that machine storytelling can integrate with real life actors and um, immersive theater, theater scenarios and, you know, to, to, to tell stories that make people feel like they have an agency within a time and space and they can, you know, they can create pervasive universes around them where, uh, there, you know, there is a plot that unfolds and they have a real effect on what happens. And, and it seems the only way that that would ever be possible is through um, some kind of machine controlled agents, you know, a, a kind of machine director um, puppet master type of thing that could quickly respond to, you know, inputs and criteria and and use that to create uh, manage drama and, you know, narrative generation, the movement of storylines, character development, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but, but use the, you know, real-world elements, use human beings, uh, create something that, that feels much more real, more tangible than anything you could get on through a VR system or through a, a screen. Um, so I think that's interesting. That's definitely something I'd like to do more. And it's it's ridiculously ambitious. I don't think we've, we're anywhere near having the technology, but mm. it's it's a fun area to play with. And Uh, It creates interesting challenges like how do um, how do humans and machines convey information with the minimal required effort or in ways that, you know, stop them, stop blocking them from from achieving other tasks. So how do you how do you tell an actor in the subtlest way how to perform in a scene with minimal direction and in, in a way that isn't so invasive as to break the fourth wall? That seems very, very interesting to me. Mm. So, yeah, I think I think there's there's still a lot that we want to do in this area, and that pro- that probably gets more into the a more sincere side of AI. I think generally we we talk about the idea of it without deploying it in a very serious way. This would actually be, you know, requiring some actual quite sophisticated, smart, responsive systems, um, and yeah. some decent logic, and, and an understanding of what what drama is, what narrative is, um, what tells a good, how do you tell a good story? So, yeah.
0: Mm. Well, wow, Go on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's probably, that's probably something for 10 years in 10 years time. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, but... if, if, if you, if you, I mean, I, I wouldn't say 10 years, I would say maybe, you know, someone listening to this would give you a pot of money and, you know, a yeah, year. Be a year.
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, I think that sounds like a fantastic um, you know show for sure. Mm. Um, do you think as a show it would say something about the technology itself, um, or would the narrative, or would it be more narrative focused, more of experience than kind of looking reflectively at the technology itself?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, yeah. I the generally, we try to. T- uh, we do deploy quite a lot of um, like nascent tech at pan um, or you know like um, not like semi available tech mm. um, but we would we, we try not to let it become too much you know the heart of the project we do we do try to first and foremost create an excellent experience um, and you know, sometimes that doesn't require any tech, any tech at all. You can just do that with human beings. But yeah, I think there's, I think there's something nice, there's something quite um, circular and neat and, and elegant about, you know, telling a telling a story about a system and using the system at the same time. Mm. So you know, unless it unless it gets too too navel gazingy, yeah, I think that be that would be nice. It would be nice to do something like that. Yeah.
0: Um, so. In all the things that you've seen in the media, or just things that you're thinking about at the moment, what is the thing that most excites you about um, AI, algorithms,
1: technology, that sort of thing? Um, that's a good question. Mm. It's a little, it's a little bit old news, but I'm, I still love swarm robotics. You know, I think it's maybe, maybe like we're a couple of years past. Peaks warm robotics I don't know but just it something about come around
0: s- again you know
1: yeah I hope and when it comes around again I'll be ready I love yeah. I love seeing um, you know quadricopters flying in, in formation and the, the terrifying whirring noises that they make or um, I don't know the Boston Dynamics dogs being kicked around and, and mistreated that seems like another like um, yeah person yeah. kind of like uh, news thing but yeah, God, I don't know what is, I, th- I think, I suppose the the potential for immersive gaming definitely is good. You know, that's, mm. I, th- I think there's exciting stuff there. Every time you see, um, you know, a swarm of zombies or a crowd of soldiers or, you know, large amounts of simulated systems working in a way that just seems so real that it's haunting there. I like I like that. I think that's interesting. I think that's a good backdrop for doing gaming. Something magical happens when you see uh, lots of things working in unison or working in, at the same time. I think that's,
0: mm.
1: you know, when you see that kind of level of chaos. I think that's when that's when technology is kind of it. It's at it its best when you see not not necessarily complicated systems, but you know, just a scale happening. I think from an, an experiential perspective, that's quite. Um, interesting
0: mm. yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> um just trying th- thinking if i had anything to add to that um nothing nothing strikes me comes
1: to mind or and, um, or of course elon, elon musk talking about us all being inside a simulation as well oh uh, yeah i a, mean
0: that's a fabulous argument because there's no way of testing it really yeah <laughs> and there's so and if we are or not it doesn't make a difference to actual our being so mm. it's almost a non-point <laughs> yeah you know, great maybe we are maybe we're not <laughs> it doesn't make a difference um great um yeah so don't spend any money on that um no. do you have anything that scares you in the future is there anything that um is worrying you think with this um sort of technology
1: um I think I think I'm an optimist when it comes to AI. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't I don't mm-hmm. feel like that we're um, a lot of people have pre- you know predicted that we're on this, this dangerous route, including people like Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking, you know, saying that we're we have to be very careful about how we how we program our AIs about you know the, um, the the singularity the kind of compounding intelligence. Um, and I think, I think it's important, you know, like you have to, you have to make sure you put the right values in, 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 in both senses. You have to make sure you put in the right, um, qualities into, into the machine that you want to spin out of control and, and, um, do its thing. But, Mm. um, I don't know, I don't know what scares me, I guess, I suppose it's just that access to power, you know, technology generally is a very powerful tool and, um, who gets to wield it. You know, in- increasingly as individuals, we all become more powerful and that's something that's interesting for society to, to deal with. We all have the individual capacity to do a lot of good but also a lot of harm. But also, yeah, who, who, be- who, gets, to, who gets to own these systems, who gets to own our electric cars, who gets to own our power supply grids, um, who gets to own our, our data and our access to it. Mm. I guess that's the kind of scary areas. Is the is that abuse? We're not very good as human beings at distributing things fairly, are we? So um, I don't think I don't think new power um, is necessarily going to be one of those things that we distribute very fairly either. Um, emergent emergent tech, emergent powers. So mm.
0: yeah, I mean, we could definitely be better at sharing for sure. Yeah. Do you have anything else you would like to add, Sam? Um,
1: I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. Cool. Wraps.
0: Where can people find you? Find out about you.
1: Um, People can. can, So uh, yeah, if you if you want to find out more about Pan Studio, you can find us on um, Twitter. We're P A N and for Neptune underscore Studio, or we have a website. Um, We're doing a version of Hello Lamppost where you can talk to bins, benches, shipping containers, anything with a serial number on it in Stratford at the Olympic Park um, starting very soon. So if anyone's in northeast London, they can check that out. Um, We have a an app that we launched uh, about a month and a half ago in the UK called Run an Empire, which is a strategy running game. So it's a bit like a, you know, civilization type strategy game for controlling the most territory, but it's all based in the real world and you you play it As a as a runner you go running around the real world to to capture territory
0: So it's kind of part exercise part game, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's um, it's like a hybrid of a fitness tracker and a um, strategy territory control game
0: Mm.
1: Uh, so that's on the App Store, and that should be coming to Android in the next six to eight months, hopefully, uh, and launching internationally. Um, yeah, that's and and I'm I'm on I'm on Twitter, Sam Hill Design. Although I have to say, I don't use it as much as I used to.
0: That's that's fine. We'll we'll get you using it again. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just tweet you until you start start using it. Tweet exactly. Us yeah, I'll
1: I'll reply to questions.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, great. Well, thank you very much for coming on this podcast, Sam. Thanks for sharing your insights and experience. And we'll look out for your new AI um, written show coming in the next couple of years. Okay.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, Ben. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me.